This time on episode 375 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Jessica Jones Season 3, Episode 1, a.k.a. The Perfect Burger, Episode 2, a.k.a. You're Welcome, and Episode 3, a.k.a. I Have No Spleen, and some weekly Marvel news. I'm Stephen John Drew from the official GunnaGeek.com show, a weekly geek news podcast that is a part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the S.H.I.E.L.D. director. Now it's time for a scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Michelle. I'm consultant Jason. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, May 9th, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Hey, guys. Hi. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. I appreciate being here. For those that don't know, Jason actually owns his own podcasting network and an entire network called Creative Brain Candy. Yeah. I don't know much about ownership, but uh, we do help people out. It's more of a cooperative than an ownership or network. So uh, Creative Brain Candy is a cooperative that we started. Three of us started uh, the founders. It was me, James, and Rob, which are also the three knuckleheads that also do a smoking and drinking in space podcast. But the Creative Brain Candy Cooperative is uh, by creators for creators. We're basically just a group of people that kind of help each other out in various different types of uh, media formats. So mostly podcasting, but also written and visual media as well. And you mentioned it as well, but you have your very own sci-fi podcast called Smoking and Drinking in Space with over 150 episodes to it. Yes. In fact, we're pushing 160 this week. Oh, that 10 is very important. It's like a child. That's I'm four and a half or I'm nine and a half. You got to go, oh, we're almost 160. That's right. (laughs) And you are a brand new co-host of a very new podcast that is very similar to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. It is. In fact, uh, you're, you're kind of a little bit of the inspiration. So, yes, yeah, smoking and drinking in capes, which uh, capes is kind of an anagram of, of space. So we thought that was kind of clever. We patted ourselves on the back for a couple of days with that. But smoking and drinking in capes is uh, another superhero podcast because we don't do superhero movies on our sci-fi podcast just because there are so many superhero movies. And, and while superhero kind of is a subgenre of sci-fi, we decided to push those away and, and focus more on the, the more sci-fi forward uh, movies and, and TV shows. Now, I know you began talking about the Schneider Cut on DC. You're going to be talking about Marvel movies and that sort of thing. I just want to state that if you're going to do smoking and drinking in capes about superpowered people that I expect at some point in time, you will be covering for love of the game. Not familiar with that one. You're going to have to fill me in on that. Kevin Costner is pitching a perfect game and he has superhero powers because he's clearing the mechanism throughout and 
a special superhero power. So you can do a baseball game in smoking and drinking and games. I'm going to have to check that out and see how accurate that is. But I okay. can't believe I've missed a baseball movie. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, 25 years old now, but it, it's pretty, you, you'll, you'll see it. Michelle, have you seen it? Yeah, so it's just why I'm shaking my head going, no. Oh, yeah. It's, well, some of the sci fi stuff that he's done on smoking and drinking his space is pretty suspect. It's all been sci fi. Yeah, okay. I have, I have some definition anyway, right? <laughs> well, you can check him out at creativebraincandy.com. And also, guys, happy National Lost Sock Day. That has happened to me so many times. And then sometimes, like later on, I'll find the sock. And sometimes it's just like it in sheets or somehow it just, I don't know. It's like I've lost socks and then all of a sudden they reappear and I just look at them and go, I hope you had a nice journey. Welcome back. And uh, there we go. I had to develop an actual system for keeping track of socks that didn't have a pair or a match because I would find the match and then not be able to find the original sock that was missing its pair. I keep an entire bin of one paired socks or one sock to a pair. And if I don't find the pair to it within a year, every year, I just dump the box, get rid of it or use them as oil rags or, you know, whatever you do with one sock. But yeah, that's what I do. I, I just don't mess around with it. I don't want my house filling up with one sock. Actually, with dogs, when you train dogs, they can use socks as like a chewy toy. So since we just got a new puppy this past week, or my daughter got a new puppy this past week, and it she legitimate it is legitimately her. She paid for it and everything with her stimmy money. She will uh, be doing that. But anyway, I just thought that was neat that there was actual national lost sock memorial day so we're just gonna celebrate it today as well and to get on with the rest of the show legends of shield is a fan-based podcast on the marvel cinematic and comic book universes because of halloween superhero costumes if you'd like to talk to us about going to a halloween super costume superstore and picking your halloween superhero costume out you can catch us on our website at legendsofshield.com you can leave us a voicemail about how you've gone into a store, spent a bunch of money, and then used something that you had in the backseat of your car by leaving a voicemail at 844 the bus one That's 844-843-2871. If you happen to have an entire block of Halloween costume stores in your town like I do, you can leave us a, well, you can leave the ladies a message on our Facebook page at Legends of Shield Podcast. You can tweet us your favorite costumes at Twitter. At Legends of Shield. You can tell us all about the comic book store that happens to be right next to the block of Halloween costume stores in your town on our YouTube channel. You can just comment on the video at youtube.com slash gonna geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of Shield skill. You can join our Discord server at gonnageek.com slash Discord and tell us all about how you procure your Halloween superhero costumes. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. If you haven't noticed already, Agent Lauren is not with us today. She's just dealing with a couple of things around the house, but she should be back with us next week. And with that, are you guys ready to talk some Jessica Jones? Sure. Let's do it. Here we go. Jessica Jones Season 3 premiered on Netflix June 14th. 
2019. We are under two years for the final Netflix Defenders show. I call that a win on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. The first episode was called AKA The Perfect Burger. Michelle, who directed the episode? This episode was directed by Michael Heyman. Has 50 directing credits starting in 1985 with Wand of the West Ring, Three Big Love, One Outsourced, Two Nurse Jackie, Two Dexter, 15 episodes of True Blood, One Jessica Jones, One Veronica Mars, Three Snowball, and Five Episodes of 68 Whiskey. This episode was written by Melissa Rosenberg, has 22 writing credits starting in 1993, including three episodes of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. One Outer Limits, Three Dark Skies, Five of the Agency, One Birds of Prey, Two of the OC, Eight Dexter, One Red Widow, and three episodes of Jessica Jones, which she also created. So interestingly enough, if you have directed a show called 68 Whiskey, you by default need to direct an episode of Jessica Jones. Yes. All right. It's just inherent. I mean, you, you need to do it. So we need to find all the directors of 68 Whiskey and bring them over to Jessica Jones, which would be impossible now because the series has been canceled for two years. But hey, it works. <laughs> so the second episode was called AKA You're Welcome. It was directed by Kristen Ritter herself, Jessica Jones. I saw that when I was watching the episode the first time I watched it. I was like, wow, this must be her first directing credits. Well, not really. She has seven total directing credits, including one episode of Jessica Jones. It was also written by Hilly Hicks Jr., who has one writing credit starting in 2002, including an episode of Army Wives and then associate uh, writing credits of other series like six episodes of Chicago Fire, one episode of Feed the Beast, and six episodes of Jessica Jones. Michelle, how did you like, just on the peripheral, the episode directed by Jessica Jones? Do you think that was appropriate for Christian Ritter? Yes, considering it focuses on Trish. So it gave her time to actually direct. And not have to act. Yeah, it's, I've read many different interviews with people and... I'm just realizing that I messed up on show notes. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, she only has because, yeah. She only had the one directing credit. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's been a while. I just Ron Burgundied it. I just went straight for it. So, I will take partial of the cream, claim, uh, the uh, blame seven. as well. I mixed up the one and the seven. Okay. Well, Jason, so the episode was directed by Jessica Jones. You watched it. So did you did. feel that was fitting for the star of the show to be directing that particular episode? It kind of explains why they did what they did with this episode, where they focused a lot more on Trish rather than Jessica Jones. And the fact that it was a rehash of the first episode, just by the point of view from a different character. So, yeah, the directing debut of Kristen Ritter, yeah, I understand why they did this particular episode for her. She doesn't have to direct herself as much. She gets to concentrate more on the mechanics of the show and directing the show instead of trying to be both an actor and a director at the same time. So it's probably a, a good launching point for her directorial debut. I don't know that I liked rehashing the same day on a second episode yeah, yeah we'll, get we'll, get more, we'll get more into it it was more than just 
the day over again. I realized that as I was watching it the second time, but we'll get more into it. So, Michelle, the third episode, who directed that? Um, this episode was directed by Anton Cropper, has 37 directing credits starting in 2008, including Five Monk, One Warehouse 13, Two Chuck, Two White Collar, Two The Mentalist, One Last Ship, One Jessica Jones, 11 episodes of Blackish, and Six Mixed Ish. This episode was written by Lisa Randolph, has 10 writing credits starting in 2002, including two episodes of The Shield. Seven being human, four rain, two of Star Trek Discovery, four Jessica Jones, and four Prodigal Son. I will say that between Anta and Lisa, this is more of our normal directing writing pair that we are used to within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though let's just not get into the whole debate on whether the Defenders is part of the MCU or not. But this is more of it because shows like The Warehouse 13, Chuck, The Last Ship, being human star trek discovery that's more along the lines of what we would see with directors and writers for mcu type of shows in my opinion you guys have an opinion on that michelle yeah i've noticed sometimes i you know i've done this a lot and when i see you know like what they've been directing one of the reasons why i pull the examples from their credits because obviously i didn't list all 37 of anton's credits just to pick out the ones that I think are relevant to what they did on Jessica Jones. And when you have certain types of episodes under your belt, you bring something to it. Yeah. I'm not familiar with these directors. It's rare that I'll remember a director unless they've got a, a particular style that you can really pinpoint. A lot of times these shows tend to look pretty much the same, but there are certain directors that have a visual style, either with camera angles or color palette, things like that. I'm not familiar with any of these directors. Okay. Well, I thought you'd be extremely familiar with the writer, Lisa Randolph, as you are a fervent fan of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, it, what now? I've never heard of that. Star Trek Discovery? You've never yeah. heard of that? No. no. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Is that the one that's Gilligan's Island in space? Gilligan's, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. The one with Michael Burnham. Yeah. The yeah. one that your co-hosts keep talking about on smoking and drinking oh, in space. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm confusing that with Voyager. No discovery. I've never seen because yeah, I don't watch bad shows. <gasps> he doesn't. It's a character it's, flaw. It's, <laughs> it, it has gotten better. That's not a ringing endorsement. No, here. <laughs> I'm trying to be polite and trying not to go off on a 10 minute tangent about how the show once like last season, because now they're in, oh, sport, well, it's been months. So now that they're in the future and away from the baggage of traditional Starfleet and having to fit into the storyline with Spock and Kirk and all that, once they've gotten out of that. It's been a lot more interesting. There's like a lot of political stuff. The Federation fell apart. And it's like a little bit more of a rough and tumble world. And it's not perfect and pristine. So the third season, I really enjoyed the third season. I, it was better than the first two. Okay. No, hey, I get it. If you like it, you like it. <laughs> yeah, we. I enjoyed Watching it, I don't think it's the best thing ever, but I did enjoy watching it. Okay, so the 
Jessica Jones is based on the Marvel comics by Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatos. And the perfect burger is the title of the first one. Now, how did we think about that recipe for the perfect burger, Michelle? Basic. And not the ratio of meat. That's not. No, not. No. Okay. Look, I'm not a foodie. I'm not one of those that's going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But even I know I'm sitting there and listening to this recipe going, wait, even Bobby Flay makes better burgers than this. And this isn't something to bet over or invite some, invite the guy over. Like Jessica, poor Jessica. Jason, do you have any uh, comments on the burger? Yeah, this was a really basic burger. I mean, the brioche bun, lightly toasted brioche bun is a nice addition to the burger but the rest of the burger just doesn't live up to that i mean a, a regular sesame seed bun that you lightly toast and butter would have been a, a better addition to this burger uh, brioche bun i would say for a burger that has like a theme like a, a mushroom swiss burger or some sort of specialty burger not on a, a just a basic meat lettuce and tomato burger i didn't see any dressings on that he didn't really mention any unique seasonings, although, I, I, you know, a basic burger is, is fine if you want to just do salt, pepper, hamburger meat, lettuce, tomato, and then the condiment of your choice. That's a great burger. I don't know how good a burger is going to be three days in the refrigerator either. So I don't think he won that $50. I mean, he didn't even put an egg on it. No, no. And that's a great addition to a burger. No bacon. No bacon. Yeah, I think it you know just listening to it i don't know if it was really any different from the bar food that she was going to get other than was burger code for something else like coffee and in my opinion no <laughs> burger is not code for coffee which is code no. for sex in the defenders universe definitely not coffee no no not coffee so yeah i'm not with that and oh uh, the magical refrigerator of jessica jones she had a new one installed it must be stark tech you know after her entire apartment was torn apart in season one so it must be some magical form of Stark tech that has done it's merged with all of the alcohol that comes into the apartment to create this magical way of perfectly preserving and perhaps making food better over the course of a few days. If that was a new refrigerator, she needs to get her money back. <laughs> well, I don't think she paid for it at all. So she just <laughs> took what she got. Anyway, episode two, AKA you're welcome. I'm not sure that there is, you're welcome for what? It's Tris going, I did all these things. You're welcome. It's something that I do as a sarcastic sort of thing. I'm in education and my students are teenagers and I've joked with them and it's like, you know, my generation gave you the internet. You're welcome. But on Trish's angle, she really wants recognition. Like she's just like, I did this great thing. You didn't thank me, but okay, you're welcome. Yeah, she seems like she's, again, I don't know a lot of the backstory in the series. And from what I understand, this character isn't in the comics. Not that I read Jessica Jones a lot. In fact, I was only familiar with her whenever she was in a crossover of some sort. But yeah, she seems like she's got this kind of jealous streak going that she needs to compete with Jessica and from 
season two when she got these powers, which I'm still not quite sure what those powers are. Just enhanced agility. Uh, okay. So she can do parkour really well. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't understand the jealous streak here, but it does seem to kind of fit her character that she is very competitive with Jessica. I'm not sure if that extended to their childhood or not. They grew up together when Jessica Jones parents died and she was basically fostered. And then uh, I assume adopted. I think that was referenced in there by Trisha's mom eventually. Now the, her, the, the, okay. I'm going to have to go through all of my text messages from you, Michelle. And every time you say you're welcome, I'm going to have to view that with a certain light now. No. Oh, okay. Not with you. It's all genuine with me. I see. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With you. Yes. With you. And then AKA I have no spleen was the title of the third episode. That was, you know, when you wake up with a bracelet that says your name and the fact that you have no spleen, well, you have no spleen, which is okay because it's a redundant organ, unless you're drinking more than a liter of booze a day. <laughs> right. It's very educational. I was not expecting a biology lesson in episode three of Jessica Jones, but it's not so much. It's a very helpful organ. It's really helps your immune system and with your immune system you need all the help you can get especially if you are jessica jones and other marvel heroes who think you can disinfect gunshot wounds or any sort of wounds with regular whiskey or rum or and stuff which you can't we talk about that a lot on this show don't do that you know actually getting a proper biology lesson was interesting yeah, with the, uh, with the amount of work she puts her liver through, she's going to need a spleen. When you drink your meals most of the day and then you do nothing but go out and do PI work and then try to stay awake the entire time, which she doesn't have a superpower for. She just has super strength. That's all. And I guess there's a certain amount of better healing that's included in that as well. But yeah, she doesn't have the power to sustain herself on things that are not food. So. I don't know. We'll see how this turns out for the rest of the series. At this point in time, I feel the need to say I've only watched Jessica Jones and the entire Defenders Netflix universe up to episode three of this series. So I have not seen the rest of the series. We need to make a disclaimer right now. Michelle, you have watched the entire season. Yes, I have. Okay, so we're going to play it like she knows what's going on, but she's not going to spoil anything. And I don't know what's going on so if i prognosticate it's literally because i don't know what's going on and jason you're coming at this from the unique perspective of not watching season one and two and then coming cold into season three episode one through three yeah so i'm continuing in my perpetual clueless state with this series as well okay yeah i think a lot of people would say that clueless does describe jason quite a bit i would not but i other people do so i'm putting that out there okay <laughs> you're too nice uh, the episode one starts out with Jessica Jones rescuing a child who's been kidnapped by her father and taken outside the United States for a vacation. I just want to say there's very bad things that happen with child trafficking that start this way. And it's very bad. If you have an inkling about divorced families, even the parents for divorced families, taking a child outside the United States is a very, very severe federal penalty of trafficking a minor across national lines, not just state lines, but national lines. That's a big deal. And uh, Jessica Jones does come in to be the hero. The mom treats her like she's 
trash basically because of the video that comes out. But what she does inherently is actually a really big deal. So kudos for Jessica Jones for bringing the child back to the United States to be in her mother's custody, regardless of the mother's reaction. Yeah, we finally see Jessica Jones doing her job and doing something good with it. We find out that she's she has a sliding scale of payment, which sort of reminds me of Matt Murdock and Foggy, like when they were Nelson and Murdoch avocados at law and when they had their scale. So Jessica's taking pro bono work and regular work, trying to do the hero thing that Trish has been urging her to do for the past two seasons. And all she did was toss a guy a few feet into the sand. He it's soft. He didn't really get hurt. It was, you know, a, a basically you kidnapped your child and went to Mexico. You kind of deserve that. The moment he put his hand on Jessica Jones's wrist, you knew something bad was going to happen. But that is a tantamount to assault in the United States. They weren't in the United States. I don't know where they were. Bahamas or something. I don't know. But I think she was justified right there. Jason, what do you think? I think because he seemed to know who she was. I think that he's an idiot for putting his hand on her, knowing who she was and what she's capable of. Because him taking his kid to Mexico to run away kind of fits with him being an idiot. Yeah, wherever they were. Mexico, I guess, is where they were. Yeah, he's an idiot even for doing that. And the kid wanted to be with the dad. I get that. Kids get played between parents all the time. Heck, if my my parents got divorced, which they've never been divorced. My parents have been together their entire marital career whatever and uh, if one if they got divorced and one of them took me on a vacation i'd be like yeah i'm i'm with that one i get it from the kid's standpoint you play the parents back and forth against each other talking about a kid who's from a divorced family Vito shows up and oscar shows up throughout these three episodes i think Vito's going to be more involved than oscar because oscar seems to be moved on i think this was just a continuation of the story just to get from season two to whatever we have in season three i'm thinking we're going to see more of Vito, michelle you don't have to say anything but that just seemed like i don't really understand other than trying to bridge the gap between two and three at this point jason you were probably just lost on Vito and oscar to begin with yeah i'm not real sure what they <laughs> I'm not real sure where they're they're at in this story. They they kind of flashed across them a couple times in the episode, but yeah, I, I don't know a lot of of backstory on them. Even through the synopsis, they didn't seem to be main players in the plot. It's good that you mentioned the synopsis. I have never in the Defenders Netflix series. I have never seen a longer previously on basically starting this series, which I appreciated because it's been a while since i've seen season two and season one of jessica jones so i did sit there and watch it i was like oh okay yeah i remember all this stuff happening now but it was excessive and it's just another indication why this series was canceled because people weren't going back and re-watching this stuff and you needed to provide that hey this is what happened previously so people understood if i mean if they're watching these series in real time even which we weren't but if you're watching these series in real time then you get lost in what's happening between the two. I mean, in the past few series we did were Luke Cage and The Punisher and uh, Daredevil season three. And not to mention, I think the Defenders before that, 
And all that has happened before Jessica Jones season three. It's been a while. It's been a minute. So it was interesting to get that. Uh, Michelle, did you get anything out of the previously on? I did. It was good to remember the major beats. And after watching this season, I now know why they picked the beats that they did in order to put in that synopsis. Okay. Well, you know, you, you highlight the stuff that you want to say. It's like but the old Battlestar, well, the new Battlestar Galactica, when they did it previously on, was stuff that was never on the series before, but it was just a way of introducing the characters. And yeah, I could see that. Let's talk the main characters. Let's start by talking about Malcolm. Malcolm is now a fixer in Jerry Hogarth's new law firm, and he is doing phenomenal work, but he's being morally conflicted between what he's doing and uh, the reality of the situation. Jason, since you have not seen this yet, Malcolm starts off by protecting a baseball player and then just taking him out because he's never going to learn. So what do you think about that? So he seems like an ambitious character who wants to get ahead and wants to start his own PI firm, but he is trying to do mental gymnastics to justify how he's getting there. I'm actually curious to see how this character arc plays out because it seems like he's hitting a tipping point where he's about ready to throw in the towel, regardless of what he's telling himself. You know, it's only a year. I only have to be this morally ambiguous character for another year, and then I'll I'll have the reputation that I need and the money I need to go out on my own. I don't think he's going to make that year. It seems to be a main theme within all the characters, the main characters anyway, in Jessica Jones, where they're having this moral dilemma going on with them. Wouldn't you agree, Michelle, or do you have different thoughts on that? Yes, Malcolm. Malcolm's journey is very interesting in this series, in this season. It shows some growth in him because uh, Malcolm is a recovering addict and there are certain things that he's doing in order to try not to fall off the wagon. And I don't want to give that much. I don't want to give away. So he is, he, you're right. He is really conflicted. And the thing is though, I'm sitting there going, well, duh, you work for Jerry. I mean, it's like here, Jerry is a shark. And you think you're going to be a remora, right? That sticks to the shark and is able to survive and be okay because like you're helping the shark out a little bit by removing certain things and the shark doesn't turn around and eat you, but it's still a shark and you never know. It's that whole sort of like the scorpion and the frog thing. You know, like the, the frog is like, the scorpion's like, no, I'm not going to hurt you. And the frog helps. And then it gets stung. And the frog's like, why? And the scorpion's like, well, I'm a scorpion, duh. You know, that's what it's like to work with Jerry. So Carrie on Moss plays Jerry Hogarth. And Jason, I'm thinking you're thinking the Matrix here. I am. I am. I haven't seen Carrie Ann Moss in a lot of things since the Matrix. So I've, I kept seeing her and, and seeing Trinity. So, yeah. And how did you feel like Trinity in a lawyer capacity? Uh, it's definitely a, a totally different character than, than what I've seen her in and in the past. I think she does a really good job at being kind of this, uh, this heartless character that will chew you up and spit you out. 
and still realizing her own mortality with the ALS and trying to, and well, and realizing that she really doesn't have anybody that she can lean on. She is, she is an Island at this point, whenever she's contemplating suicide and she can't do it herself. So she tries to get uh, Jessica Jones to, to fill in for that role, to slip her a, a pill without her knowing. So I think she's realizing that, that her life choices are coming back to haunt her with isolation. I loved how Jessica dealt with that. She's like, Oh, you want me to do right. it? Okay. Let's just do it right now. Here's yeah. some booze. Yeah. Is the pill in it? Is the pill not in it? You don't know. Here's the booze. Drink the booze. And yeah. it gets Jerry more into a mindset of, okay, I've decided to change my life of, of just enjoying the journey while I have it rather than wanting to know a definitive end because when you have any debilitating disease that's ultimately terminal like ALS it's kind of the choice that you have to make so the show does delve into it it's not protracted at least not yet I don't know if we're going to get any more of it or not but I did appreciate the way they went about it and I did appreciate Jessica Jones's response because it was totally within character of Jessica Jones she's like yeah this is not me but if you want me to do it let's do it Trish is also having issues dealing with her new powers. She's trying to justify what's going on, and she's always wanted powers. And you guys were joking about, what is it, superpower of parkour? Yeah, I, I think that's it. It was supposed to be the same superhero serum that Jessica was uh, exposed to, but it, w- it was different, and it didn't give her all of Jessica's powers or at that level or whatever. But she does have some interesting powers right now. And one of them is not being bulletproof. I mean, she comes up with this elaborate plan to try to get the statue out of this guy's safe. And it involves him getting his gun. I mean, what was she going to do that? Her costume. It's not like daredevil's costume where he went to a specialized guy and it was bulletproof. She could get shot. You can't parkour your way away from a bullet. I think maybe she thought she could. I know. She's like, I can see in the dark. And now I can do flips off of walls. <laughs> I can land out of jumping out of a window. Wow. Go look at me. I can just do here. Do the PI thing and break into the person's, you know, Jessica has done all this. I've watched Jessica on the sidelines, be a detective and then break into people's houses and then do stuff you know she did that last season jessica did jessica did that stuff last season and trish you know was the observer all this time it's like well jessica do it i can do it and she can't and the two of them are constantly arguing of course about the death of jessica's mother last season and and the two of them are basically sisters and they're squabbling like sisters and really not wanting to talk to each other and that's protracted throughout all three of these episodes and I get it, but at some point in time, well, in standard Jessica Jones format where everybody's out for themselves and everybody's doing their own thing and they only come together when it suits each of their individual mindsets and stuff like that. And I just don't see it changing for the rest of this. But at some point, Jessica and Trish are going to have to come to terms with uh, what each other is doing. Like I said, they're basically sisters. So I'm interested to see how this turns out. Yeah, I think. Trish sees Jessica as somebody with superpowers who investigates crime instead of what Jessica is actually, which is a PI who just happens to have superpowers. And I think that 
comes about by, you know, Jessica Jones having her powers for much longer and understanding that it's a tool that kind of helps her do her job instead of being her job. And I think Trish is, I think Trish is walking a, a fine line and will probably trip and fall over to the other side where she's taking her vigilante justice to an extreme. And I, I think this is going to come into conflict between her and, and Jessica. I think there's going to be a, a clash, but that's just kind of what I'm observing and what I'm predicting off of three episodes. I'm probably way off. No comment. <laughs> All right. Well, they are dealing with this stupid statue. And I don't know if this statue is uh, got bigger connotations within the Defenders universe here or not. I'm guessing it was just a thing over the first three episodes to get through here. but. Yeah, it's like, okay, we're obsessing about the statue. And it's all right, I've had enough of the statue. Also, who is Burger Guy? The guy that comes in, he just comes in out of nowhere. And supposedly that he was the target, we learn at the end of the episode three of this knife attack. And it ended up being Jessica Jones instead. So who is he? Why should I care for him? And what is he doing in this series? I just, I, I didn't get it. It was too slow of a burn for me. This is after three episodes. I'm like, I don't care about Burger Guy. Jason, do you care about Burger Guy? I actually do. I'll tell you who he is. He's the most interesting character in this series so far. I love this guy. I mean, yeah, he makes an awful burger, but man, he ponies up and puts 50 bucks against it. So he's very confident in his skills. But yeah, I, I want to know who this guy is and, and why people are trying to kill him. He just worms his way into Jessica's life in order to gain her protection, in my opinion. That's all what's going on. But I have no idea what he's done to whom or who's after him or whatever. Whoever's after him. I mean, they stabbed Jessica. That's uh, not an easy task to do. So uh, we'll see who the real villain is and who Burger Guy really. I I don't care what his name is. I'm just going to call him Burger Guy. Burger Guy. All right, so we promised we talk about episode two was all about the flashback with Trish. It really goes back into last season where she discovers that she, at the end of last season, where she discovers that she can balance and catch things in midair and stuff like that and takes her through the development of her powers into the last couple of weeks where episode one really was. And she's now, she's lost her job as the radio host or she gave it up. I can't remember what, it really doesn't matter. And now she's a a shopping network host with her own line of clothes, and she's giving advice on the show. It is stereotypical Trish, and I think she's going to retreat back into that for a little bit and use it because of the bad stuff that happened along the way. But there's been some good stuff too, so I don't know. It, it's episode two was an interesting look into Trish's development to get to the point where. Jessica's stabbed and the whole time I'm thinking okay I want to know did Jessica survive obviously I think she did but I don't know for sure because the series was canceled I don't know (sighs) Michelle what did you think of that episode I liked how it picked up right at the end of season two because at the end of season two it is that when she drops her cell phone she catches it with her foot and then I thought it was great was she's like oh I did it And then she tries to do it again, but it doesn't happen. And the training montage, again, I really think all training montages should be set to Eye of the Tiger because I'm a child of the 80s. And uh, that was a bit disappointing. 
Because we learn, you know, she sells her condo, she sells her stuff in order to get a loft in, I guess, a questionable neighborhood so she can watch things and, and everything. I did like it. I think it was a good way of instead of having her sit and tell people like, oh, this is what I've done to show us her development, to show what she's been doing. She does end up helping the drugged girl, Birdie, who I think was just a girl, right? That she's just viewing, right? And that was good. That was like her one good thing. So she helped one person. So, okay, well, she's starting to redeem herself from what happened last season. Jason, what do you think about Trish helping Birdie? Yeah, I mean, she was she was looking for somebody to help. Seems kind of convenient that she, oh, well, no, because she did actually case the guy before he he'd gotten off on some charges due to a technicality before so she was casing that guy to see if he would try it again and of course he did and she caught him she was looking for a way to help somebody and and hey that's fine i guess i'm not sure exactly what that showed me in the in the show i mean we already knew that she was trying to be a hero in her terms, that was a lot of time spent on a very minor character development arc there. So I'm not, I'm not sure that that was the best use of time for Trish, especially after the, the montage scenes. And, and I agree that I have the tiger is, is a great uh, montage music, but honorable mention could go to going to need a montage by team America world police. That's an excellent montage <laughs> musical score as well. There's also the Footloose montage as well. If you want to get some dancing in there, we are talking yeah, about parkour yeah. here. I mean, that could have fit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Part of the problem with this season is pacing. We talked a lot about that when it comes to we talked about that in Daredevil season three. We're talking about it in Jessica Jones season three. We talked about it in the Punisher season two, how and Iron Fist season two. We talked about that because we talked about that where we talked a lot about how the pacing problem is. And I think it's interesting to note that it's not just the Jessica Jones problem. It became a bit of a issue across the Netflix Defenders shows. And one thing that was common across the Netflix Defender shows is the costumes had some sort of headgear with them, except for Jessica Jones. I mean, you, there's always a hoodie involved or a hat or something like that. Daredevil is great. You know, he's got the hat and the mask there. So, you know, when Trish goes in and she needs a costume, you know, the hat does everything. As a fashion consultant herself or a fashion designer herself, I think the hat was the right choice for Trish. Yeah, I got that hat scarf combo. Works all the time. Easy on, easy off. Right. So in episode three, you get a bunch of the uh, pun-filled internalist surgeon that was there. I think the pun for a surgeon is probably not the right bedside manner, but I don't know what kind of third-rate hospital she found herself into in the first place. Yeah, I hated that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, guy, just get to it. I know it's really strange. My doctor has a very abrupt bedside manner so on the first time you meet him you're just like 
he doesn't hold my hand. He doesn't, you know, make jokes and whatever. But you know what? He is, my doctor is honest and direct and cares. And he's like, oh, you've got this problem. Now you're getting this test and now you're doing this. Like he would not be there making all these puns and wasting your time. Joking doesn't make good side, bedside manner. Just tell her. That's all she wants. She's just like, what's going on with me? And he's making all these jokes. Yeah, he's definitely not reading the room. So past few series that we've watched, including Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we're talking about psychologists and, and doctors now and stuff like that. It, Marvel Comics seems to have an issue with medical care. Yeah, I guess there's still even in Marvel, there's no universal health care. I learned a couple of things in episode three. I learned that if I want to be a superhero, I have to have a spleen and I have to know the value of a good narcotic. And since I check both of those boxes right now, I could be a superhero. Yeah, I guess so. What's your power? What's your superpower? Uh, my power is producing podcasts. That's a superpower. You should know this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm Trish in this, in this <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I, I know. I don't know how he does it, but he ends up making us all sound good. I try. I try. So the other interesting note in episode three was Jerry and her friend Kith from 20 years ago. They end up hooking up because Jerry's trying to come to terms with the end journey, basically. And Kith was the one that got away. So Jerry tries to basically hook up with her and she's trying to drive Kith away from her husband, which was interesting. She's got Malcolm out there digging for dirt. She finds out that her husband is sleeping with a grad student, but that's okay now because they have an open marriage, which I mean, some people do have an open marriage. I don't necessarily know how that could really work out long-term, but they lost a kid and they decided to stay together through the use of an open marriage. So Jerry can't use that anymore. So she's going to be digging deeper here. I think this journey is not over for Kith and her husband. So we're going to see what happens there. But I think this is an interesting move by Jerry, typical move by Jerry. Basically she's got a, be hooking up with somebody. She tried hookers last time. That didn't work out. So it's got to try something else. Yeah, I think, and this goes back to what I was saying before with her finding out that she really has nobody around that she can lean on. So I think she's searching and digging through her past to find somebody that she can get close to again so that she's not alone anymore. And I think the whole, I'm going to find some dirt on Peter kind of blew up in her face, especially whenever she found out that Kith and Peter have an open relationship. And the thing that she was looking for was infidelity on Peter's part. So I'm interested to see how far this is going to go again. I don't think this is going to go well for her. I think she's going to push it too far because that's her nature. And, and Kith is going to end up pushing her away because of it. But again, that's just conjecture on my part. That's just, what I'm judging based on the, the character development that I've seen so far. So Michelle, you had a couple of things that you wanted to mention about Jessica Jones. The fact that, uh, why are we going down the PTSD road again with Jessica and, uh, why all the booze still with Jessica? So is there something you want to say about that? This is season three. And one of the things like when we talked about Luke Cage, and I think bringing up Luke Cage is appropriate because they do have a connection. If you remember in season one of Jessica Jones, that's how we got an introduction to Luke Cage. So bringing in Luke Cage, I feel like is important. In Luke Cage season two, we had 
growth. Like he got, you know, he's the hero of Harlem. He gets a little full of himself. He gets broken down. And then he has this very intriguing ending because unfortunately it's been canceled to where he gets the club and the whole, like what Mariah does. And, And we actually see like some growth. Did I expect Jessica to all of a sudden be sunshine and roses just because she had a boyfriend at the end of season two and all that type of stuff? No, but here's the thing. Jessica Jones was kidnapped by the purple man, raped, forced to kill someone. Then in season one, he comes back. She has to deal with all that trauma. Season two, her mom comes back. She's got to deal with all that trauma. And then now she gets stabbed. Why are we on the let's torture Jessica train? She has enough. This is the third season. I really thought we could see her start to grow and be out of it. I was hoping that perhaps... You know, she's in the deep end. I could take it like a swimming pool. All the booze is in a swimming pool. And right now, it's like she's at the 20-foot end of the pool. And I was kind of hoping, you know, over time, she gets to at least the shallow end, like the five-foot one. But it looks like, I mean, she's just drinking even more. She has medication. Do not mix any medication with alcohol, even if it's Tylenol. Don't do that you take your medication and then if you are someone who partakes in alcohol wait a few hours and then have a small amount of alcohol but she's just again still drowning in it i know she's getting trying to get over the death of her mother from last that's what happened at the end of season two but now we're piling on yet another level of ptsd on this woman it's just Let her breathe, let her start to come to terms with things and let her progress as a character like we saw in like the other, like we saw in Luke Cage. So I'm wondering if you stack up all the booze that Jessica Jones drinks in a year, would it be enough to fill an Olympic size pool? Twice over. Okay. So it's 2.5 megaliters of water in an Olympic size. That's a lot of booze. Yes, a lot of booze. That's what I'm sorry. That's what it feels like. Okay, maybe one Olympic size swimming pool. Oh, okay. Anyway, I I can't disagree. It's we're going down that path again. I watched these three episodes on the treadmill at normal speed to begin with, just to make sure that I knocked them out at the beginning of the week because I knew I was going to have to watch a total of three of them. When I was rewatching them doing notes, I did it at 2.5 speed. And upon reflection, I'm like, you know, that's probably how I should have watched this <laughs> the first time through. It was a little slow start. It was a very slow start for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we're at the point. And and Michelle, you mentioned something in the show notes that I completely agree with. What's the point? What what's the plot? I don't understand where we're going here. Yeah, I think the show kind of has an identity crisis. So the first episode started out as kind of this hard-boiled detective novel where she was giving voiceover. I mean, it was straight out of a 30s noir detective film. And I liked the concept. I didn't like the execution because 
as young as Jessica Jones is, I don't think she's going to be acting like a, a 50 year old hardened grilled detective. But again, I'm, I'm not super familiar with the character. Maybe she took after her grandpa. I don't know. And then they just totally dropped that concept in the next two episodes. They didn't even revisit it. So I was confused as to where that went because I, I was, again, I, I'm jumping into season three, which is probably a really, really bad idea. So I didn't know what to expect. I got that flavor for how the show was put together in episode one. And then they just totally dropped that concept. And it, it was like two different concepts in the next two episodes. So I don't know what this show is trying to do. I know that they're trying to tell the tale of, of Jessica Jones, but it seems like they're trying to tell it through a tale of, or, or they're writing it through a game of telephone. I'm going to have to go back and look at the timeline of events on the production of season three versus the cancellation of all the other series. When they were producing this season, I'm wondering if they saw the cancellations of all the shows before them, knowing that this was going to be canceled and the last show basically on Netflix of the Marvel Defenders universe. So I'm wondering how much care and feeding went into it. And I don't want to disparage the showrunner, the writers of the show, or the directors of the show too much here. But at this point, you got to wonder, where are we going? It's a really slow burn for a Marvel series. And it could be indicative, as I said, the last couple of series. I'm starting to see why these series were canceled, because it's just not grabbing you. Like, the current Disney Plus, we have the advantage now of seeing the first two Disney Plus series and going back and looking at these now, with WandaVision and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, looking back at these going, okay, so that's a Marvel series that everybody can get on board and say, well, it's good. One's better than the other in some cases, but it's good. And then you look back on these season twos and season threes of these Defenders universes and going, eh, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, this doesn't seem like Marvel to me. It was supposed to be darker. It was supposed to be looking into the, the more serious things of life. Okay, but like Falcon the Winter Soldier did that. WandaVision did that, and they did a good job of it. So I think you could do it a lot better than what's in here. I don't know. We'll see. The The rest of the series is upon us. Michelle, any last words on the uh, first three episodes here? Yeah, I, I don't want to comment. <laughs> a second no comment. Uh, Jason, uh, you're brand new to the Jessica Jones here. Uh, you jumped into the uh, deep end of the pool right off the bat. I think we get where you're coming from, but any last words on the first three episodes? I can certainly see why this didn't last more than three episodes, especially if the first two episodes are like the third episode or third season. First, first two seasons are like the third season. So I'm curious to see what their projection was for tying this into the MCU, because these are supposed to be in the MCU. Which, like you said, on the on the Disney Plus series, I mean, they tie directly into the MCU. I'm, I was curious to see what their future plans for these shows were, how they were going to integrate those into the, the larger MCU. Because right now, they kind of seem like a also-ran series. So, Unfortunately, that's what a lot of the Marvel series turned out to be in the end coming out of the Marvel television studios. We talked about the cloak and dagger and uh, what was the other one that was on Michelle runaways runaways. So we talk about them and they all had mentions into the MCU, but there was no official ties back to the MCU. It was 
reported to us after a few seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that it was because you just couldn't produce it. The timing of the production couldn't line up, but I have my thoughts on what Kevin Feige really thinks of these shows into the MCU or not. We've gotten some news that some of the characters might be showing up in a Spider-Man movie, which is considered to be part of the MCU. We'll see what happens when they bring it forward. It could just be cameos. Like the whole crisis thing was on, on the CW shows for the DC, but who knows a, a multiverse sort of thing. I mean, Dr. Strange in the multiverse is coming out. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. So next Sunday, We'll be talking here on Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., the next four episodes of Season 3. Jessica Jones, Season 3, Episode 4, 5, 6, and 7, a.k.a. Customer Service is standing by. That'll be a fun one, I think, by the title. I Wish, Sorry Face, and The Double Half Rappinger, which I think is another burger reference. So, once again, I don't know what the world's best burger is doing in here. Anyway... With that, we're going to move on into some news. We have news about um, upcoming Marvel movies. Yeah, we do. I don't know if you two actually saw these announcements that occurred earlier on this week. There was a great sizzle reel, basically, that came out with a bunch of footage from the Eternals and they gave a list of all of the upcoming movies in the MCU and what the release dates were. So we're just going to run down the release dates really quick. Black Widow is still on track for a July 9th, 2021 release, both in theaters and on Disney plus. After that, there is no mention of Disney plus just want to foot stomp that right now. But the next movies are Shang-Chi and The Legend of Ten Rings on September 3rd, 2021. This is real showed some footage from that. Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th, 2021. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, March 25th, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder, May 6th, 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp, February 17th, 2023. And Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. We know that there are other things underway in the marvel cinematic universe beyond that we were talking about the fourth captain america movie the last time we recorded so there's other things underfoot but that is what we're doing right now and also the very next series on disney plus that we are going to be covering is low-key and that has changed a little bit which we will talk about in a second but guys see the list of the movies upcoming are you excited about that jason i am in fact the end of 2021 is going to be really busy for us, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to, because at the very end of that trailer, if you notice, they uh, they flashed the four. So I'm, I'm curious to see when they're going to be releasing uh, the Fantastic Four movie. I was hoping one of you would say that. Yeah, Fantastic Four was teased, so we'll see what comes out of that. I did listen on your podcast, actually, the fact that uh, there is a character that passed on the role of the Invisible Woman. Yeah, you're going to have to refresh my memory. Oh, you don't you, you don't listen back to your own podcast. OK, that's that's fine. That's I, fine. I listened I, to I it like it. three times, so <laughs> they all blend together. There's a power couple out there uh, that uh, Emily Blunt. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yep. You said her name and it instantly hit. Yeah. I can see Emily Blunt doing well in that role. I can see why she's passing on it. I mean, if she's 
seen or even heard of the last Fantastic Four tries, yeah, she might want to pass. It's unfortunate because the MCU, I think Kevin Feige brings some great things there. And uh, of yeah. course, her husband, who's a well-known actor, would have been oh. cast as, in, in that fan casting anyway, as Mr. Fantastic. So, Michelle, what'd you think? You know, good li- list of movies. It's very interesting hearing 2023. That's so odd. We also had things about Black Panther Wakanda Forever in July 8, 2022. And I've heard that it's supposed to actually look at Wakanda beyond the royalty. So that's interesting. And of course, we had the Marvels arriving in November 11, 2022. When it comes to the Fantastic Four, even though it's Kevin Feige, everyone's going to look at the first two attempts and they're going, I think the only way he's going to be able to actually get people is by actually having at least definitely a solid story behind it, if not a full script or something. Because yes, we got two Marvel people out of, you know, Chris Evans was actually the Human Torch and then he became Captain America and then you know, Michael B. Jordan was in that one as well. Then we, you know, we got him, um, as, you know, Black Panther. But yeah, that's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to sell Fantastic Four. Not to mention all the mutant stuff too, right? So he's got two big properties he has to insert: the all of the mutants and the Fantastic Four with all of the baggage. <laughs> he needs to hurry up with the mutants. Yeah, just be. It's going to be interesting. I think. I wonder if he's going to wait until we start getting the young Avengers. I wonder if he's going to wait until then to do it. It's been teased. We haven't had an actual announcement of it that I know of, of the young Avengers. It's obvious that that is where we're going here between Hawkeye and between what we saw in the Falcon, and the winter soldier and everything we're going to get i mean they talked about it in press releases but they haven't set an official date or casting or anything like that so we'll see when we actually get that team up i'm looking forward to all this this is great coming off of Endgame, it's been pretty slow you had the pandemic in there it was supposed to be slow anyway a slow kind of ramp up it reminded me a lot of the post avengers movie the original avengers movie where you had iron man 3 and everybody's like okay we had our big team up what's up we hadn't seen anything yet we didn't know that end game was coming i mean uh, there were people that postulated but we just didn't know nobody had ever done it before and we got some amazing stuff so who knows what's in kevin's mind right now he is the guy in charge and i don't see him leaving marvel anytime soon even though he's gotten that play star wars movie to do we've talked about that before where we just don't see Kevin leaving Marvel to go to Star Wars. It's just not the right thing to do. So anyway, I'm looking forward to all this, including the Black Panther movie. I know I didn't mention it because I wanted Michelle to pop in and mention it. So Black Panther is coming up and and the Marvels is coming up. So we got a pack three years. It's going to be fun. And production is underway for a lot of these properties, a lot of these movies. And a lot of the Disney Plus films. Yeah, also the TV shows, because we've been talking about like She-Hulk and the upcoming Hawkeye thing. So we're going to be getting a lot of Marvel stuff. I hope we don't get sick of Marvel stuff. I don't want to. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, we've had some interesting Star Wars TV stuff. So I think if it's handled, 
So as long as they keep giving us great stories, I'm fine with the Marvel stuff. It's when they start giving us lousy stories that I start getting burned out on franchises. But so far, they've been really good and really consistent on giving us great stories. Even even the storylines like Thor 2 that aren't real great, they're still passable. And then, and then you get something that, that amps you up right after that. So as long as they're keeping things fresh, as long as they're giving us good plots and keeping things going, keeping the train on the tracks, I think I'm in. They've banked a lot of goodwill with me at this point. So a stumble here or there, I'm not going to, I'm not going to abandon ship. I think phase five is setting another foundation for another overarching story arc. And with the experience that they've had in the past, building up these large long-term stories, I think it's going to be even better than what we saw in Endgame. I hope so. I hope they don't overload the content in any given year. I think that's what kind of happened with Star Wars, where they were just trying to give us too much content all at once, and, and people's interest started to wane. I think there's a little bit of that that's gone on already with Marvel, but they were also building up to something that was huge, and people were on board with that. So as long as they give us a direction of what they're building up to, I think that will sustain a lot of people's interest. With Star Wars, I mean, the storylines weren't up to par. And after nine, you're not really building up to anything anymore either. Right. Also, Michelle, you mentioned She-Hulk. Just as a side note, I'm really hoping they find some way to integrate back with Jessica Jones because you know, She-Hulk's a lawyer in the Jessica Jones Defenders universe. So it would be great to have Jessica Jones back in there. I don't know if they will or not, but that would be fun if they did. I don't know if Christian Ritter would be cast as Jessica Jones in that, but if they brought the character back, that would be cool in my book. I have no idea if they're planning to do it or not. Just trying to bring it back to where we are right now. Also, there was another story that we were dealing with, right, Michelle? Yeah, we were expecting Loki on Fridays, but hey, he's the trickster god. So why not move him to Wednesdays? I'm wondering if this is because post-pandemic, things are starting to open back up and Fridays isn't the big boom anymore and they're just looking for another date that people will be at home to watch this sort of stuff that night and they decided to move it to Wednesdays. Uh, what do you guys think? I know they have Star Wars stuff also happening. I'm wondering if they're going to start a pattern of perhaps Marvel's on Wednesdays and then if we have Star Wars or something that's Friday so that way we don't get two properties on the same date. Who knows? Now, the Bad Batch started on the May 4th, but I don't know. When is it dropping after that? Does anybody know? No? I know. So it could still be Mondays or Tuesdays or Fridays. We, we just don't know. Okay. Uh, I'm bad on me. I haven't seen it yet. My life's been kind of busy the last two weeks, but I haven't seen the, the first episode of Bad Batch. But you're also right. You're right. That's another main thing that, that's on Disney Plus that's going on. Friday nights, though. Friday nights, you have to save for the Mighty Ducks. I mean, that's the pinnacle of Friday nights from Disney Plus for me. It's the Mighty Ducks. You and your ice soccer. <laughs> well, you're living in the North now, too, so enjoy it. I know. I know. All right. So, Michelle, how are we going to get this one out? We are going 
to go in search of the actual perfect burger on our way out. Well, that's easy. Just go find a White Castle. You've got the perfect burger right there. You, you don't you don't even chew those. It's just... <laughs> yeah. They're so soft, they just slide on down. That's why they're called yeah, sliders. They, that, no, they slide in, they slide <laughs> out. That's why they're called sliders. All right. Anyway, Jason, <laughs> I wanted to take this moment to thank you profusely for coming on our little show here, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., and providing your insights to Jessica Jones. We really appreciate having you on today. And uh, once again, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, thanks for having me on. I'm sorry that you lost the bet that uh, got me on here, but I really had fun. So you can find Smoking and Drinking in Space at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com. You can also check out the other shows that we have on Creative Brain Candy at creativebraincandy.com. Yeah, thank you to everyone who listens and interacts with us, whether it's on Twitter or Discord. Again, thank you, Jason, for coming on. It'd be interesting to continue to hear your thoughts as you watch season three as someone who's never watched seasons one and two. I find that fascinating. Yeah. I would love to have you on in a couple of weeks. You just can't be on next week. I know you got something going on, but in a couple of weeks, you're welcome to come back. I appreciate it. Okay. So until next time, I'm director SP. I'm agent Michelle. And I'm consultant Jason. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. How are you? Okay, how are you? Hanging in there. It's been a week. It's been two weeks. You got a dog. Yeah, and dad had surgery twice. How is he? He's okay. He's on pain meds. He says it's a four when he's on them and eight when he's not. He goes back to the doctor on the 13th, which is this Thursday. It's coming up Thursday, so we'll see. He's supposed to get his stitches out, and that's what he's really looking forward to, but I think he's not looking forward to or not acknowledging the fact that his hand could still be in a cast. Mm-hmm. It's in a cast to help immobilize the, uh, the tendon and help the muscles heal because there's no break and to protect the stitches because they're you know, underneath on his right wrist. So, okay. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. No, it's the puppy, uh, doing okay. Matter of fact, he's right outside that door right now with uh, my daughter. I can hear them. You can't, I know, but right there. Duh. Stereotypical, lovable eight week old retriever pup. Housebroken? Kind of. I mean, he knows to go potty out in the grass, which is good. He's not made it there once, but it was at one thirty in the morning. So I'm not going to be mad at him for that.
and it's not my responsibility either. Mm-hmm. So next week we're covering how many episodes? Four, five, six, or seven. Okay. There's not. Things pick up in episode eight. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> I'll say it on the podcast, but I watched the first three on the treadmill at one X just because I wanted to make sure I knocked them out mm-hmm. earlier on in the week. And then when I was doing notes, I watched it at 2.5 and I was thinking, you know, I probably could have watched them at 2.5 speed. Gotten the same amount out of it. Yeah. Like I said, I watched them all at 1.5 and did notes at the same time. So yeah, yeah you know how I am. So I do. Hi, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Good. I can hear you. Good. Yay. I was hoping that was the case. Hi, how are you? Good. I don't think you two have met Michelle. This is Jason. Jason, Michelle. Hi. Good to meet you. Hi. Let's see. Go in search of the perfect burger. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Because I, I'm just, I'll talk about that. I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a foodie, but that recipe, that will... <laughs> Yeah, it was a pretty basic burger. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine how good it's going to be three days in the refrigerator or two days in the refrigerator. Was it on the refrigerator or was it on the yeah. counter? It, no, it was in the, in the refrigerator. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I will say that. Unwrapped. Much. Unwrapped, yeah. It's the magical uh, superhero refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. It's Jessica Jones' refrigerator. There's, God, there's, God only knows what that refrigerator's yeah. been through. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of booze uh, preserving stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. So, I don't think I told you guys, so my oven stopped working. Oh, no. So, I needed to buy a new oven. And so, I went appliance shopping in the midst of uh, all the emergency crap that was going on. And I, I bought a new oven. And all my appliances are white since I built my house in the early 2000s and that was the trend there. Well, white appliances are not the trend anymore. So I had to go out and you couldn't even order a, a, a white range. So I had to order a black stainless steel range, which I thought, great, I'll just you know start switching my appliances over to black stainless steel. Well, the problem is, I, I didn't think about this when I was ordering it, the range hood is also white, you know, the vent thing that's on top of the uh, stove. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh crap. So now I got to get a black stainless steel range hood. There's an appliance shortage going on. So first of all, my range isn't going to be delivered until May or June 7th, June 7th. So that's first of all. Second of all, try to find a black and affordable black stainless steel hood is near impossible. So I finally found the best option, which turned out to be from Home Depot, where I also ordered the range. Well, it was shipped, and it's raining here today, and it just decided to show up today while we were recording. Oh, no. Oh, God. <laughs> so while we're recording, I have to open up my garage door while the FedEx truck was out front so the guy could put the range in my garage the delivery guy while we're recording. Cause I can't go out there. I'm recording. Right. So uh, while we're talking back and forth, I remote control opened my garage door. He came in and I remote control closed that. And fortunately he put it farther enough in the garage that the garage door could close. It's still raining like banshees out there right now. So that all happened while we were recording. Oh no. 
Score wow. one for smart devices. I know. I know. I just had that installed last year too, or the year before or whatever. So yeah, that was good. And I have cameras now in the garage, so I could tell that everything was okay. Anyway, yeah, that, that was fun. I imagine. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.